0: This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Call of the Wild Bow Wow. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction! We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! Hi. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics. We jump into mostly spoiler free review, then we jump back into other fun movie topics. This is episode three hundred and ninety-six, three ninety six.
1: Three ninety six. I mean, you know, it's not as cool as three ninety five. That just rolls off the tongue.
0: I suppose. But three ninety six it sounds like it's like a cool area code before you like dial some like <laughs> fancy fancy number. It's like, to... oh yeah, they're
1: all divisible by three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know, I know, I
0: know. <laughs> That's the yeah, that's it it's the Divisible Hotline. It's the Divisible Hotline found in Escondido, California. Exact, yeah, it's Escondido specifically. <laughs> um, and this week for 396, we're talking The Call of the Wild, the adaptation of the classic uh, Jack London novel. And mm-hmm. uh, that's what we're doing. Uh, no guests this week, just Abe and I, mm-hmm. having a bit of fun with the the old twosome here. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of just the way, yeah. We're we're going old school. <laughs> It's our nostalgic throwback as we approach episode four hundred. Throwback, throwback, throwback. <laughs> yeah. 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 As we as we approach four hundred, we're just
1: like really feeling nostalgic about like a lot of things. We're waxing poetic.
0: Or just not enough people wanted to talk about or had seen the Call of the Wild. One of those. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer to believe in the poetic the poetic stuff. Sure, but uh, no, we got we got some guests coming up for the next couple episodes that I I'm aware of, so we'll uh keep you guys informed is on that front but for now let's get to some show notes first up i just mentioned episode 400 that is coming up in mid-march if everything kind of plays out the way we're have it planned right now and uh, abe and i we plan to go over the our favorite films of the decade which i think will be a fun conversation and we're in the early stages of planning how that's going to go and everything but i think there's a lot of cool stuff to go through as far as uh, going over the movies that we uh think really stood out as far as the last 10 years are concerned mm-hmm. spoiler alert a lot of James Franco movies. <laughs> I have to. I have, <laughs> so this week I did publish my personal list of my top 100 films of the decade. So you're saying I shouldn't go look at it? You don't necessarily need to. Um, <laughs> if you want to, you can. I mean, but it's not because <laughs> yeah. it's like it's different from our top tens. I feel like where there's a real surprise there, where this is more like, yeah, this is a neat way to analyze the Regardless, I'm trying now. You mentioned that, I'm trying to think how many films does James Franco fe- feature in in my top 100 films of the decade list? Maybe I, one. I can think of one right now. I'm trying. To, there could yeah. be another one because he has a lot of like random small roles, but I I, I know there's one. <laughs> there's one specific. Interesting. Okay. But, uh, anyway. So yeah, that's going on. That's our 400th episode that's coming up in a few weeks. Um, Things that are already up. Our new commentary track for the film Witness, celebrating its 35th anniversary, a Harrison Ford film, fitting with the Harrison Ford film we're talking this week. Uh, Brandon, Yancey, and I, we are happy to talk about the film Witness because we think it's kind of perfect. And um, we're also, I believe, the first commentary track for the movie Witness. So I mean, I mean before the director, I mean, sheesh, no, he, no Peter Weir did not do a commentary for *Witch*.
1: He's just like, you know what? I don't need to do this. Yeah, some
0: absolutely. guy like 30 years from now is gonna do it. Exactly, and we've now done it. I mean, I don't want to throw around the term hero, but, but um, well, you could be heroes, <laughs> exactly, just like if David only, said. <laughs> when yeah, if, if only for a day, I ahead of the lyrics go, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so that's up there now. It's a lot of fun. We uh, we talked a lot about the film uh, from both an informational standpoint and from a fun standpoint. We always had to like, like to have fun in these commentary tracks. So, yeah, find that one now along with all of our other commentary tracks and everything else on iTunes. Speaking of iTunes, you can go on there. You can search for our show out now with Aaron and, David, and you can give us a star rating. And review that has to be the smoothest segue <laughs> I've ever had that's, to get to that part. Is <laughs> um, like just very little commentary in between. It'd be it'd be great to uh, get some new reviews on there, especially as we approach our legendary 400th episode. We we got one pretty recently, which is pretty cool. It'd Be nice to get some. Yeah. more. Yeah. Thank you so much in advance. And uh, yeah, that's it for show notes now. So let's get to some know everybody. For each week, we try to ask each other a few questions for the podcast. We try to set the tone for it and better get to. No, everybody. everybody. Is that pretty on point? It was alright. Everybody will hear it back. They'll know how it sounded. <laughs> <laughs> Abe, I got a question.
1: Yes. Have you ever gotten the call? Hmm. Are we talking like the call?
0: The call? A-
1: Abe, I'm talking the call. Hmm. I want to say that I've never gotten the call. hmm I've gotten many calls,
0: but uh-huh. not the call. Yeah. I got many calls just today, mm. but not the call. A lot of people call. So oh, you but... too, never, never the call. Not a lot of people. No. Okay. <laughs> Man, mainly just my girlfriend and by, uh, my grandmother. <laughs> <But I'm> still... <laughs> <laughs> there was a telemarketer a that I avoided. Call? Oh, you gotta get, you gotta turn on that whole entire auto spam blocking. I've, oh my God, don't get me started with the auto spam. I felt like I've done it multiple times and still feels like they're running rampant There you days. are. Yeah. And Trump's America. <laughs> <laughs> it's got weirdly political <laughs> well I've got a question for you who's a better
1: prospector Harrison Ford or Tom Waits
0: I'm glad you asked this question because it's an important question
1: it's super relevant as well
0: and yes Anna and I we did see this movie in theaters on Friday and we she certainly made reference to Mr. Pocket um, definitely Tom Waits Like, I agree because like Harrison Ford he's just like
1: I don't even want the
0: gold, but he like randomly goes up there. That was perfect, by the way. And pretty, I'm, I'm complimenting myself because I know that was perfect. No.
1: <laughs> I, I had to turn around to see if Harrison Ford was in my house. He just ra- I'm just right here. I just sit here all the time. Uh,
0: he just ran. Randomly... Oh no! Now now he's going Batman style. Yeah, he got he got dark. It was in the shadows because he's sitting behind you when you're doing a podcast in the shadows. Ooh, spooky! Um, but he just like randomly shows up. Is like I guess I'm getting gold now, and like starts panning and just glucks in. Tom Waits. We see a. An elaborately laid out plan of him inspect it, pro- doing pro- actual prospecting work. He gets there, he digs the holes, he's talking to Mr. P- about Mr. Pocket, he commits certain acts in order to maintain said gold. Like, it's he- heads and shoulders he's the best prospector. Well, Harrison Ford didn't take anything away from the mountain. What, there's, I mean, didn't he?
1: Uh, I like I like the little pause there, and then the the question. It, was, it made me think for a second. I was like, "Wait, did he take her?" <laughs> he, he in fact, I mean, Harrison Ford seemingly gave more to the mountain than
0: Tom Waits. That I mean, it feels like the, You could argue that too. I would say almost as far as what Tom Waits leaves behind. It's almost, it's almost an exchange, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> What I'm saying is, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs is a very deep movie, <laughs> <And> especially <the, laughs> in the whole sequence, which I refer to as Mr. Pocket, but I know it's called something different. I can't think of it right now. What's the actual title? Yeah, it? yeah,
1: it's it's like the Ballad of uh, Mr. Pocket's right. Gold Scrubs. Like,
0: hold on, because now this is gonna bug me, and I'm gonna get some like it's
1: uh, uh it's probably it's probably the chapter called Gold Par-
0: Canyon. There we go. Oh,
1: all gold canyon. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, sure. There's more like animals doing animal things from Snow White and Seven Dwarfs, but you know, I
0: mean, both of them look like idyllic places. For sure. I mean, cinematography wise, yeah, you got um, you have Janusz uh, Kaminsky on the call of well, the Call of the Wild, which I was I did not know beforehand. I was like, oh, I I didn't realize this. And then you have uh, Bruno Dubinell doing out the cones, which is pretty standard and it looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah. So, yeah. Well, well thank you, you. That was a good question. <laughs> yeah. It was an important one, as I said. It's super relevant
1: and important. You know, we have to know these things for that's the audience. Good. good, yeah. Well, that's how you play.
0: No, no everybody. Nobody. All right. Let's move on now. Let's get to some out now. Quickies. Trademark. Each week, not now. when we get to talk about the week, we get to TM. I was happy with that. Was with that was that. pretty good. Hey, have you seen any other movies this week?
1: I haven't seen any other movies, but you know what I have been doing? What? Catching up on Bojack Horseman. Oh, yeah. So I finished season five. Uh what did we end very on? what's the last season? Is it six? So I think season six. So I'm okay. in season six right now. Um I'm he's have you finished the series? Yeah, I have. I just I forgot how many series okay. I just
0: you know, I just watched it. I didn't really I
1: believe that season six is the last one's uh, and then it, it might have been broken up into two it parts. It was broken up into two
0: halves, but it's still – yeah. it was only like seven episodes and seven. Like it, it still makes up – I think it's like 15 – it's like it's like maybe two episodes longer than a normal season.
1: 15, yeah, it's like it's still the same number of episodes, but it's it's very good. And yes. I, I know that people are, are kind of it, – it's the Bojack train has been around the block. And if you're on it, you're on it. And if you're not on it, then you're not on it. But, you know, I, I still think that it's, it's super – it's some of the best writing for a television show that you think is kind of pointless or going nowhere. I mean, there's so much introspection, so much thought about yourself, your self worth, and how much trauma goes into your life. It's it's really well done and all like in the guise of like a uh, half man half
0: horse. Yeah, it's, it's mean, very it's still, yeah, still, some real like you know mental illness and alcoholism yeah. and uh, depression. Like it's dealing with some you know truly truly interesting ideas or whatnot. Yes.
1: Of course. yeah. And I think that we've both been on the BoJack trance in, since day one. But, um, yeah, I mean, I season five, there was uh, the episode where he's eulogizing his mother. There's, like, a lot of cringe in there because there's some, some hard truths that he's saying. But also, that's the entire episode is just BoJack standing there for 25 minutes talking about his mom. And there's, like, a little funny joke at the end. But it, it's amazing. It, it's, you know, I... I don't know how uh the emmys are gonna go this year but you know maybe uh maybe some recognition maybe
0: it gets it on the, the levels of that animated shows tend to as far as like annie awards and other things in different areas so things yeah. that don't matter no these things do Understood. matter too yeah these I things don't. do matter to the <laughs> creators and to like the people yeah. at large i mean yes there's these broadcasted shows that you know pay a more people pay attention to or whatnot but i mean they're it's BoJack hasn't gone unloved over the years. It, it has. This is true. It yeah. has its share of. It has a not just share. It has a high level of praise, um, and I do think it ends strong. I look forward to you know hearing more thoughts when you finish it. But I mean, I thought it around season three or four maybe. It wasn't bad, it just felt like it was kind of re-going over some of the same steps again and again to show you, like, yeah, I get it, it sucks for him, (laughs) Like, and it's depressing for life in a lot of ways. You know
1: what what it reminds me of? The way that you described that reminds me of the West Wing, where Sorkin was on for seasons, like, Uh one through three or something, and then four, five, six, it kind of, or four, five, it kind of, like, was shaky because he wasn't on anymore. And then he came back. And he comes back to, like, finish it out, and it it ends fairly strongly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But, But, no, it yeah, it's certainly it's certainly a worthwhile series for sure. And, yeah, yeah. Anything else? Well, did, was you, did, Jack did you did you finish the assassination of Jesse James by the Coward War before?
1: I have not yet.
0: Okay, just <laughs> checking, uh, in, I checking will, in. I will on, report
1: back. Yeah, that'll be our that'll be our weekly report. Checking <laughs> in on Jesse Jesse James. Watch. How many more minutes did you watch this week, Abe? <laughs> it's like uh, two more, two more minutes.
0: <laughs> um, I've seen a few things. I'll make note of now. Um, okay. Emma came out this week. This is the latest adaptation of the Jane Austen novel. Um, It features Anya Taylor Joy as the titular Emma, um, among others. Bill Nye is among the supporting cast, and he's always a delight to watch. Um, This movie's Mm -hmm. pretty good. Um, It's very stylish in a way where you know how I generally regard costume design in these kinds of movies. It's like, yeah, of course it's good. Why would there be bad costume design in a period drama? Um, it just feels like an obvious thing. That doesn't. That's not me putting down the work of costume designers. Just like I don't. I can't think of a period film where I'm like, oh, the costume design was bad in this movie. Uh, like this. This is one where it actually. It actually stands out being quite good. Where it's very colorful. It's very pastel-like. Uh, in my review, I described it as like an elaborate cake. Just the way the production design and the costumes really stand out. Um, mm-hmm. And I. And it's. It works to the film's advantage because the story. For Emma, it's 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 a more comedic one for Jane Austen compared to something like Pride and Prejudice, which has some humor, but it's more of a drama. This movie, you know, it it's focused on Emma serving as kind of a matchmaker for her friends and relatives and being having this kind of air of being above it all. And I think by having such a stylish rendition of the film, you get it it works to like play into the edge of the movie, given that you have a character that could almost be unlikable. Compared to everyone else around her, yet has to like deal with the different relationship dynamics. There's there's a lot of good in it. I, I think it's uh, it handles the kind of the source material well. Like it's fun. It uh it does it does its job. Uh, mm-hmm. there was, you know, thinking of the the story of Emma. Uh, Clueless famously was loosely adapted from. Yes, Emma. yeah. I
1: was gonna I was gonna ask you if you had. Any other uh, previous versions that you liked also on the same level? Yeah,
0: and it, and I know there's the the Gwyneth Paltrow version too, Emma, which came out I think like a year later, if not a few months later, um, which is just a more traditional costume uh, film. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. Clue specifically, I haven't seen it in a while. I remember it used to be on TV like a lot. It's just like a fun comedy. Um, but it was weird like watching this version and trying and like matching it up in my head as far as like how the story plays out and like which characters who comparatively but like regardless yeah this is just a, it's a good version of the movie like or of the story it uh it does its job um, cool so okay. another film that came out this week in a limited release that's on VOD now it's called Standing Up Falling Down um, it's with Ben Schwartz recently the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog uh-huh and uh, Billy Crystal and Billy Crystal Billy C does uh, he play his dad he no although there is a joke about that because he's old naturally if they're hanging out together you're gonna think they're father and son uh but no (laughs) ben schwartz plays a stand-up comedian who's basically failed he went to hollywood and he just didn't make it so he goes back to his hometown um and while he's at a bar one night he meets billy crystal who plays a dermatologist in the in the town he's from who's an alcoholic um the alcoholism comes from having uh, uh, kids that don't respect him and a second wife who's passed away. So he's just kind of like out. Uh, he's still like during the days functional and whatnot. He can be a doctor and everything, but the two strike up a friendship. And it's this, this like, it's a pretty small scale story as far as being like a guy who's trying to figure his life out. And an older man who's trying to figure their, their life out. And the two of them just, you know, form a friendship. And it's nice. It's a nice little comedy. Like you've seen this kind of indie drama comedy before, but it's a good version of that kind of story. Um, hmm. I th- I, th- I like Ben Schwartz in general. I think he's a good comedic presence, uh, whether it's super obnoxious in Parks and Rec- Recreation, which I think he's pretty hilarious in, or in just standard other comedies, or his various appearances on Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast that I'm a big fan of. <laughs> like he's a, he's a fun presence. So seeing yeah, him... I-, I do like when he's on with Horatio for sure. So hearing a, or seeing him in like a movie where he's essentially the lead. Um, It works out pretty well. But Billy Crystal is great in the movie. Like, Billy Crystal, this is probably the most dramatic he's been in since, geez, Mr. Saturday Night, a film from, like, back in the early 90s. Um, Mr. Like, he, Saturday he, Night. He doesn't tend to do, like, this kind of stuff where it's not necessarily darker. It's just, like, it's real and human, so it doesn't have to, you know, it doesn't rely on nothing but comedy. So he has some, like, mm-hmm. emotional beats to play. And he does really good. He does a great job. So I, I was very happy to see Billy Crystal and just you know a good performance in a good movie. He hasn't he doesn't act very much anymore. He hasn't been in a major movie since pff, the early 2000s, late 2000s maybe. Just some random. I think there's some random comedy where it's, like, him and somebody else or, like, the grandparents of somebody. I cannot think of what this is, but I know it's, like, some grand- random, like, family comedy thing. But outside she of, yeah. He is
1: the grandparents. Uh, yeah. It feels you like know what I'm talking about? about? Like, it's, like, him and, yeah, like, I, I know like, what mean. like, it's, it's like, like, like a Bette Midler a or something kind of like thing. that. Yeah. yeah. It's
0: one of those. Yeah. And, you know, obviously there's the Monsters universe, like that, but that's voice. Well, I mean, that's, that one. that's yeah. and but still getting paid off. In terms of him being, like, in a movie, in a comedic performance, it's been a minute. And, yeah, he's just really good here. So I was very impressed. Um, yeah, that's standing up, falling down. Okay. And um, another movie I watched. This one, this is on Netflix. Um, it came out a little while ago. It hit Netflix not too long ago. It came out a little while ago. It's called Sweetheart. It's from director J D Dillard, who did Slight. Remember the? It's the kind of that urban magic yeah. movie from a few years back. Yeah,
1: that guy's, is, gonna, that guy's been tapped to do some Star Wars stuff. Yeah, he already. has
0: been. And I see why because Slight's On and I saw that one in theaters, and I thought it was like it was pretty good. Like it had its it, it had stuff that really worked about it. This movie's even better. It involves, um, it stars uh, Kirstie Clemens, who was in Dope, uh, among yeah. other things, more recently. Um, she's, yeah. she's, uh, we, the, the movie starts and she's stranded on an island. You don't know what happened or whatnot, she's just on an island. And it's, you know, basically cast away for a little bit as far as her trying to figure out, like, what to do. And without getting too much into it, there's another thing that reveals itself, which makes life on an island that she's trying to escape very challenging. And I'll leave it there because the movie's only like 80 minutes, like it's not a long film. Um, but it's very effective in what it tries to do. It complicates things by adding on other scenarios to have to deal with. It, like it'd be easy to figure out what this thing is, but even then, like I, going into it, I knew, I guess, what kind of movie it was going to be, but I didn't know, I didn't like know anything else as far as what I was going to see. So I mean, it's, I mean, to say it's a thriller is not a spoiler, but I just don't want to get too far into that. But regardless. It's for, like, what I assume is a low-budget film, despite being set on a desert island. It's It looks great. It's a good-looking movie. Like, I can see, like, why Star Wars rumors are coming about for him, because he's, for one thing, he comes from the J.J. Abrams school. Like, he was, I believe he was, like, the assistant for JJ and, like, you know, worked with him on various things. talking about
1: getting coffee for him or, like, assistant director kind of? No, like,
0: yeah, like, no, like, low-level work, that kind of thing. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, not, you know, above intern, but not, like, you know, a a unit director or anything like that, but just a guy Uh who's kind of, like, learned from him. A, a, a young ingenue some would say <laughs>
1: but, uh, a young ingenue.
0: <laughs> but uh no he, he, like the way he ratchets up tension and works with again a low budget i think is quite impressive so yes yeah, sweetheart that's on netflix and again 80 minutes <laughs> like that's not a hard investment right there no um, not at all but it's quite good and that's on no Tim. Tim. let's move on now let's get to our, some of our trailer talk we talk about some of the newest movie trailers of the week when they're coming out what we thought about what have you Um, We got a couple trailers this week for you guys. We're talking, uh, first up, Minions, colon, The Rise of Gru, which is the sequel to the spinoff slash prequel of the Despicable Me series. (laughs) Uh, This is the latest Minions film. It features, again, the Minions and now Gru um, in young form as he tries to become a <laughs> villain um, that can impress a part all. of
1: yeah part of like the master villain group
0: yeah the film stars of course steve carell as young Gru, as well as taraji b henson michelle Yeoh, rizza jean-claude van damme lucy lawless Dolph Lundgren, danny trejo russell brand julie andrews and alan arkin so a, a lineup of people a, that lot of, expect a lot of names to that just hang out all the time not and even have tea. know
1: who they really are unless you really know the person
0: but um yeah that's that's this movie it's from Illumination. Abe, you know my feelings on Illumination. Where, where are you at with the trailer for this movie?
1: Wait, what are your feelings on No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the trailer looks less hectic than the other trailers for Minions and Fair. the Despicable Me things. <laughs> yeah. So with that in mind, I think I was able to bear through it and I was able to cohesively figure out what this movie is about. Um Am I am I a fan of the Minions? No, and I have I seen all the Despicable Me series. No, but I know that it's it's much more uh, of a frenetic pace and it's much more for families. I I would say that this one probably not gonna be all that different. But I think my questions are just I wonder how far back they're gonna keep going. <laughs> like it's like what you said that they had Minions before they before time and then they became Minions. And then now it's, like, young Gru with hair, and he still sounds and looks the same, except, you know, he's, he's like, two feet tall. So I, I would love to go see uh, Minions, you know, the, the Wonder Years, and just see how Gru, Gru, like, you know, voiced by Daniel Stern, obviously. Um, or, or I guess, like, yeah, just, like, going through high school and then going through college. Just seeing how that works out.
0: I mean, presumably this will be probably the biggest worldwide hit of the summer, <laughs> and um, you'll get that movie. Yikes! Yeah. Uh, I don't have the number in front of me, but the first Minions movie did make like a billion point three dollars. So like at the time, it was like in the top ten for highest grossing movies of all time. <laughs> like it's ridiculous how popular these Minions films are. Um, and Despicable Me, I, I mean, I'm not gonna say I don't care, because for whatever reason, I have seen these, and it's like, all right, I don't particularly like any of these movies. Like I gave a soft pass to Despicable Me three just because I guess I was numb to it at that point, but, like, this movie... <laughs> I don't disagree with you about the presentation in the trailer. Like, it does look like it has a clear idea of what it wants to do, where my biggest issue with Minions, the first one was, well, for one thing, you have John Hamm and Sandra Bullock, and they're just not very good in the movie, but also the Minions can't carry a movie. This one at least has grew something familiar, so it's... I hate to call it, like, the Avengers of, of the Illumination movies, but you do have the, both the, the Despicable Me and the Minions like that kind of combining to make one movie, which is essentially just a Despicable movie prequel. But regardless, <laughs> it, it has something that it can work for as far as de- delivering on some kind of story. So I guess the biggest issue is, well... I mean, he wants to be a villain, but we know based off the other Despicable Me films that he eventually doesn't want to be a villain anymore. So it's like, what's the point of it? <laughs> so it's beyond... no. but it's Illumination, yeah. so it's all about just stupid fun antics and all that. So whatever. I mean, so... it's
1: gonna like what you said. It's gonna make so much money; it's not really gonna matter. I mean, our our opinions are just like it's not, it's not the movie for me, but it's definitely a movie for for some people.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's an audience for, it, but I mean, and far be it for me to tell people what to like when it comes to their especially no you, you, know, you, can, tell them you, you can tell there but i mean it's not like there's not better quality children's entertainment out there either but again there is people that legitimately like these movies so what can i say that's what i can say um uh, so <laughs> the uh minions the rise of i was Gru. blowing my nose it was on mute it's all right it's like, it my cough button the minions the rise of grew opens in theaters july 3rd 2020 so this uh independence day weekend you can uh um, it's gonna make
1: so much money that weekend.
0: It's gonna, it's gonna make a ton of money.
1: I'm gonna call it right now. It's gonna make seventy million dollars.
0: <laughs> that's that's what, that's a lot of money. <laughs> you might be lowballing, but um, <laughs> for like its opening uh, weekend. Yeah. Anyway, uh, um, the next film we're gonna talk about is the personal history of David Copperfield. This is the latest film from director and uh, co-writer Armando Iannucci, who is massively popular for his work on the series Veep, as well as the In the Thick of It and the films In the Loop and The Death of Stalin. This latest film has him going in a slightly different direction here because he's adapting Charles Dickens' famous novel David Copperfield. It stars Dev Battelle, and it tells the story of this... Uh, young man who uh, we just we learned a lot about to say the least it's a famous book you can look it up i do a better description than i can give you right now of david copperfield a fairly dense novel um but regardless abe what are your thoughts on uh, on this film based off this trailer
1: um i was wondering when he was going to get to the magic tricks but i guess that that comes much <laughs> later i think that comes like 200 years later but uh as the trailer was going along, I thought, "Oh, well, it looks like another it looks like another drama period piece where Def Patel is like searching for something. It's gonna be sad." And then it says from director Armando Iannucci, and I was like, "This is great!" <laughs> and then the trailer also flips on a whimsy. It, it starts showing you much more, I guess, fun and fanciful things. I mean, there's a great punch fight with uh, uh I forget her. I'm, now I'm thinking about her. I'm forgetting her name. I'm, I want to call her Kate Blanchett, but it's not Kate Blanchett. Um, In any case, there's a lot of great stuff that – Tilda Swinton, thank you. Um, There's a lot of uh, fun things that happen in this movie, but then also visually there's some very unique things that I was seeing just from the trailer uh, that I'm curious to see how it's going to play out in the theaters. So I'm excited for it. I mean Armando Nucci, we we know him as being a satirical political writer – Uh, with a potty mouth (laughs) with a potty mouth for sure but I am curious now this turn because this is an adaptation of a work that has been around for hundreds of years and I'm very curious how he's going to direct this I mean it looks like a fun time and sometimes toward the end there when they're showing all the names I was like this seems like something that was done by Wes Anderson or something like that where let me get this, uh, this cast of characters or this cast of actors and have them say some fun lines and then have an overall fun movie experience and i was just i'm very looking uh, i'm very much looking forward to it it really changed my mind I, I had no expectations but now i'm excited for it
0: yeah i am too mainly because i'm just a big fan of armando iannucci i do think the things that he's uh, you know put his hands on have worked out really well uh the jury's a little bit out on this current series avenue five on hbo that's it's whatever right now but we'll see what happens but regardless his other things i really like the death of stall in his previous film was on my top 10 of the year i think that movie's fantastic um what i really like about what he's doing here is uh, is well casting dev patel in the lead role of david copperfield what i liked about part of what i liked about the death of stalin was that you have characters in you know they're playing russian figures in history and they're all played by british and american people using their natural accents there was yeah. no like russian accent there was no attempting to cast based off what makes sense it was just hey it's a movie and we have actors acting and that's what he's done here now. He has Dev Patel, a person that's not a, you know, he's he, he's not a white Britain man, British man. He's Dev Patel. <laughs> like he, you you know who Dev Patel is. And it's like, okay, let's see where that goes. And he just does it. And the same goes over, it looks like a lot of the casting around him. It's not about, like, being period-specific to some very, you know, quote-unquote idyllic degree. It's about having people that would just be fun in a movie like this. And I look forward to seeing how that plays out for this film, especially given that Ianucci has a talent for not only you know the written word, but just making personalities work into kind of what he's going for and I, I think that's I think that's very exciting for a period film like this where you get so many period films that are you know of a certain type and it doesn't make them necessarily bad, but we've had a century's worth of movies and it's not a hard thing to kind of move the ball around a little bit and see what else we're capable of and mm-hmm. i I I can only hope that that kind of works out to a a good degree for this movie. Yeah, And I I mean, speaking to what you're saying as far as what you've seen him do before and how he's doing this as far as adapting something like this, it's played at a couple film festivals last year, and I've heard a lot of good things as far as him maintaining the kind of things that he's known for without having to dial up, because it's rated PG, but, you know, him being able to do this without having to rely on Peter Capaldi to come in and swear a bunch, I mean... Hugh I, Laurie too yeah. Hugh Laurie as well yes yeah. those weird two guys a, love swearing weird having a movie with Capaldi and Hugh Laurie because they look remarkably similar to each other <laughs> <laughs> what if they're brothers <laughs> Uh, we'll see in the but, movie re, yeah but no I am looking forward to this and the film comes out uh, apparently May 8th uh, which is my birthday which along with May that w- along with um, the film from the director of Searching that just had a trailer released this week Run Looks like this might be the best release <laughs> releases of my uh, that are coming out on my birthday in a while. So I, I... is that is
1: that like another movie where uh he just has to see everything on his like GPS tracking watch and that's the movie?
0: It's not. You should watch that trailer. It's a pretty good trailer. it has a cool poster, okay. too. I was into it.
1: Another another missing person case? Uh, well, It's a thriller, to say the least. Okay. Alright. Well, I'll check it out, because that's not on Trailer Talk
0: this week. It's not, but it's a good trailer. <laughs> we'll talk about it another time. We'll just time. tease everybody. Yeah. I was just like, oh, that come, they, they both come out May 8th. And I'm like, wow, okay. The last time there was a May 8th movie was that, like, Reese Witherspoon, Sofia Vergara road comedy. That was, like, one of the worst movies of the year, people said. So I was like, oh. Wait, God. who who's the
1: other actress in that?
0: Sofia Vergara?
1: And Reese Witherspoon, yeah, that's right. it yeah, was like some was buddy like
0: comedy thing, and it was supposed to be like yeah, absolutely horrible. True. I was like, This is what comes out on my birthday? No, thank you. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, so yeah, this this looks like a better set setup. That's a great game to play. Like what movies that came out like... on your birthday? <laughs>
1: yeah, movies that came out on your birthday. Now <laughs> I'm gonna look it. Up. I'm just gonna randomly shut it out whenever I find it in the in here.
0: Uh, Star Trek came out on my birthday once. Oh wow, Wait, which one? The uh, first J.J. Abrams one. Oh, okay. I was oh, not, okay, okay. So I was not nice. amused by this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was not. I was not excited. <laughs>
1: now you're talking about like release exactly on the day. Yeah, or like the, the, the
0: Friday is the day. Yeah, like it came out on. So the your birthday is on a Friday. Yes.
1: And it was released. Okay, so it's not just like oh, my birthday is on Saturday. And I'll count it as a, a release uh, yeah. for that. I
0: mean, you know, I, I typically look at like, yeah, it's the first week of May or the second week of May, so that means it's my birthday movie. No, this week it's out. There, this this year it's like it's literally the Friday, so it's like that's well, it. all, the, all the posters will say my birthday on it. So. <laughs> all right, well, that's Trevor talk. Let's move on now. Let's get to uh, let's get to our main review for the Call of the Wild.
2: The Yukon is a dangerous place. You never know what's coming. I came up here because I didn't want to be around anyone. And then I met Buck. He was a dog like no other. He'd been spoiled. Ouch! Come on, Buck! And he'd suffered. Come on! Not be broken.
0: All right, that should have been some of the trailer for The Call of the Wild, adapted from the 1903 novel by Jack London. The Call of the Wild tells the story of a St. Bernard slash Scotch Collie dog named Buck, who was stolen from his California home and sent to the Yukon. There he becomes a sled dog at first, eventually crossing paths with John Thornton, played by Harrison Ford. The two form a bond, <laughs> and their journeys lead, together lead to other discoveries Buck makes about his place in the wild. Abe, what did you think of? The, have you read Call of the Wild? What did you think of this uh, this movie?
1: To be honest, I haven't read Call of the Wild. I think it was elementary school reading, or at most my junior high school reading. But it just never was in it on any of our lists, and I never really sought it out. I was reading stuff like uh, The Sign of the Beaver and uh, and Hatchet and those other books, but I never read Call of the Wild. I, I've also never read other dog movies like Where the Red Fern Grows. But, um, in any case, that's the, a sad one. I read that one too. <laughs> <laughs> Great book cover from 1985 or whatever. Um, but as far as this movie goes, it's, it's certainly a movie f- that is adapted. <laughs> and this is not a criticism. It's not a bad thing. I'm not a criticism. This is the way you started in this off. I, I just, it, it certainly is a movie, not for me, but for families and kids because it, there's nothing terrible about it. It sounds like I'm putting it down. I'm really not. I'm just saying that its audience is the book is if the if I was supposed to read the book in Elmorene's I can't even speak now. If I was supposed to be read the book when I was like 10 years old. This book is or this movie is is a great movie for those 10-year-olds because it has enough of this vast Alaskan landscape you know it's, it quickly establishes Buck as like the city dog you know these the bad guys are are bad guys they, they look like bad villains and then you you have um vignettes and those vignettes are nice uh to see Buck grow and you know it, it's good that they didn't have anything um like they didn't have Buck hemming it up by by having like <laughs> i don't know subtitles of his discussions with the other dogs they're just yeah, they looks well. and sounds and whatever else and that's all that you get but visually you know you told me it was, it was shot by Janusz kaminsky and yeah there actually are some really good shots in this movie for sure but overall it, it certainly is a book that is i'm gonna guess is adapted pretty well but it actually is surprisingly faithful <laughs> Uh, There you go. And it's a good story about finding yourself and finding your calling. Uh, But it's also a movie that I thought is really just going to be played during class sessions after reading Call of the Wild. So is it one that one that adults would revisit time and time again? I don't think it's a timeless movie. I think that it certainly is a good adaptation of a movie or of a book. But it, it's one of those things where it just, the audience is, it knows its audience, it made a movie for them, and that's that. So I have read the
0: book. I can't uh-huh. say I read it recently, so I can't say I have like the most vivid memory of it, but I do have an approximation of what I you know, felt about it and the story I brushed up on using Wikipedia to be like, oh yeah, okay. So the, <laughs> like, what it does as far as adapting, yeah, like I said, it's a fairly faithful, it, it takes out some things because of just time and some things because of plausibility and other things because of racism. Um, But (laughs) the the film, I, uh, I kind of hated. I don't. Interesting. Like, I don't think it's, I don't think it's harmful to movies. Like, I don't think it's like a, you know, sense of mad, a bad message about how to make movies or whatnot. But I just, I, I did not jive with the core thing, which was Buck. And, I'm the kind of you know I'm the kind of guy that tries to be like yeah okay they used a the CG dog let's see how that plays out like I want that to work I want them to be like okay we 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 made an artistic choice to not you know use a dog for real we wanted to do this thing with the latest technology and experiment with that and have things like the camera goes underwater as Buck goes underwater because you can't do that with a real dog like I like all of that in theory yeah and I think in the film there are scenes where it does work as far as having major action sequences that rely on Buck to do things and a camera to follow him. That you just can't do with a real dog. I get why that choice was made. And you have Chris Sanders, the director. He's uh, from an animation field. He co-directed the first How to Train Your Dragon. He did some other films for DreamWorks. I believe The Crudes was one of them. Um, mm-hmm. All of that, like, it, there's a good faith aspect that I can get behind. Like, I can I'd be like, yeah, okay, I can support this. But in general, I just could not jive with Buck. I couldn't, like... The dog, for me, had way too much personality. Like, you're mentioning how it didn't have, like, it didn't talk or have subtitles for its thoughts, but it really, like, it, it was a pretty, you know, close line to doing so just based off how expressive they made him. Now, that's not to say dogs don't have personality. Obviously, dogs have personality. But I think this movie makes him practically a superhero as far as what he's capable of. And <laughs> in terms of, like, how he's doing everything he does, it just it doesn't add up to me in a way that makes sense now it is like you're mentioning a family movie or at least one that's designed for a younger audience and I could give that a pass to a point but it just like that wasn't the movie I was prepared to see like sure. it, it feels like it, it this feels like a fantasy film as opposed to some kind of like outdoor adventure movie and I I couldn't get behind that in the way this film wanted me to that could be just on me because it's my subjective opinion of it but as far as adapting a, John, a Jack London book and, you know, I have i don't have strict terms on how adaptation's supposed to work, but if you're going to go for that tone, this just feels too far off in the realm of fantasy for me to, like, get behind as far as a dog that does all the things he does in this movie. Like, I just couldn't get with it. Ford is good. He's, he's a strong dog. He's a strong... He's a very strong dog based I off the you. things I, he I does in this movie. Yeah. But, and the other thing is, like, you know, the movie Togo on Disney Plus just came out not too long ago, does feature real dogs. I very much enjoyed that movie a lot more than this one. And it tells a, re- a pretty similar story, Um, yeah. or at least as far as dogs in the Pacific Northwest and, and sledding, sledding, going yeah. through, like, heinous terrain and whatnot. I, I, li- I thought that movie was a better movie. And so it's like, it really felt like it took the sail out of the winds of this movie, because it's just like, this one just feels like... It costs a lot more, and it's in theaters, but it feels like a nothing burger of a movie versus the pretty good one that's available to watch for free on Disney Plus right now. So.
1: Yeah, with
0: uh, Willem Dafoe, right? With Willem Dafoe, yeah, an equally very good star. <laughs> so.
1: Togo to with Dafoe.
0: Yeah, Togo with Dafoe. <laughs> on your phone. Uh, so it sounds hmm. as though you hate children's
1: movies. Got it, okay.
0: <laughs> you know that's not true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I, I hear what you're saying in terms of uh, I was gonna call him Togo. In terms of Buck having seemingly extra strength, and he seems like this, an X Men. He seems like the lost X Men. <laughs> it only seemed that way when in one scene specifically where he's got to go save something. Yep. Uh, <laughs> That's where I thought it.
0: That's like okay. So yeah, he's and an X-Men I was like, <laughs>
1: oh, why are, why are the other dogs not helping out here, or the other animals not helping out here? I guess they just really want to see if he could do it. <laughs> um, but I, I certainly. Uh, gave it uh, that sort of pass in the earlier parts because he's being guided by some spirit dog? Can you explain that part? Not really. <laughs> oh, it, so it doesn't really come up in, in the writing? I don't believe so. No, not a spirit dog specifically, no. Like, like the,
0: the actual manifestation of the Call of the Wild? Yeah, that that's... And that didn't even, like, necessarily bug me. It was just more like, this feels like a cheat code in a movie featuring a video game dog. Where it's like, (laughs) you know, go this way. (laughs) It's, again, it's
1: for kids. Uh, As far as the actors go, Harrison Ford is getting here. There's a part where he has his shirt off and he's, like, in the lake. And I was like, is that his body? Because he's, like, almost, like, 70-something years old. It's like, he's still really buff. So, uh, good on Harrison Ford. And then also the guest. He's here, too. Oh yeah, the beast. Yeah, the beast. <laughs> Dan Stevens. The beast is here. Yeah. Oh, Dan Stevens.
0: So there's a note. Like you have him. You have Omar Sy, who I actually think is also pretty good Omar in this Sy- movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bradley Whitford early on. Um, Karen Gillan. Like there's a number of people that all have Disney contracts presumably. They're all here. I, I
1: almost <laughs> thought that the other person in that person's trio, uh, uh, was Aaron Taylor Johnson. <laughs> but he, he, he did
0: it. look like somebody, right? The guy. Like, yeah. I was like, like is the- that? Aaron the third George. part of that trio right yeah. yeah but yeah like for the most part they're all good. but i thought dan stevens was capital a acting in this movie and not doing a great job at it like he was really over he's the, the top. villain in a kid's movie yeah but like he's the villain <laughs> like He's trying to do like Billy Zane and Titanic, but Billy Zane and Titanic is amazing. Where this is just like a bad version of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I I can't believe that I'm defending this movie that I don't really all that like much
1: either, but I guess I'm gonna defend it. He's fine for the movie, Aaron. He's really
0: fine for the movie.
1: It he does he ham it up a little bit? He no, he's it like a... a little
0: bit. The like the mustache hams it up a little bit. He wearing the mustache <laughs> hams it up a lot. <laughs>
1: he's this rich guy from New York City that was like, "Give me all
0: the gold." And he comes
1: to the he comes to the Pacific North well, I guess it's, it's just not even Pacific Northwest. He comes to like Alaska gold country in a plaid suit. Who does that? <laughs> a, a red he's got plaid case... suit.
0: So you so you know yeah. that he's the bad guy all the time. <laughs> Because he doesn't change. I will, I will say <laughs>
1: that uh, Omar Sy. So the thing I thought about when I was looking when I was watching this movie is um, Warhorse because it sort of like works in vignettes of just yeah, like, hey, uh-huh. it's actually Buck's journey. It's actually War vs. Journey, which is true of um, the novel
0: as well, because I, I know like it's promoting Harris and Ford like they're going to be on an adventure together the whole time, but he doesn't yeah. he, like he's not really in it till the second half. Like he's, he's kind yeah, of, he's the narrator they, and the second half. Yeah, yeah, he's that's when he's in the bulk of the movie. But yeah, it does have stages of Buck going through things before it becomes yeah. him and. You mentioned and the Ford Bradley show. Whitford and Bradley
1: Whitford yeah, is in the first like ten minutes of the movie, even maybe maybe even less than that, right? Um, and he he kind of just sleepily sleepily says no, Buck, but. Omar Sy's vignette, that's a fun story. That It adds some action. and adds some adventure. It adds some drama and some humor. And it actually has a feel-good moment, or a couple feel-good moments. And I'd probably say like, one of like, the the least expected fights that I w- <laughs> have seen in theaters all year. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting like this type of fight to happen right now. Uh, but it's happening. And here's the slow-motion part that is kind of... It, it, it didn't make me stand up and cheer, but I was like, just like, wow, they really went through some great lengths to do this slow motion part of it. So good on the animators uh, for for doing that. But um, like even the, the other
0: it, dogs, where like they have certain, emo- like it just felt too much to me. Like it, like there's a like there's a the whole sled dogging sequence where there's like one dog that's the lead and he's kind of a dick dog, and he <laughs> do- he like acts certain ways. Alliteration is amazing. Yeah, I know he acts certain ways where. He knows Buck is not going to succeed in certain ways, and like you get like expressions on his face being like ha ha ha, and it's like come on, like movie, like I don't. What, I what just, did you want them to do instead though? What, tone like, it, tone it down. Talk? Just no, oh. just no, tone it down. Like not, not make it so. Like make everything so. It's too earnest, I guess is the best way I can put it. Like it, it's. Well, I'm it's, curious how the text
1: reads in the books uh, as to whether maybe like Spitz, like, oh Spitz looked at Buck with a look of disdain. Well, you know like what I mean? Jack
0: London's prose is, you know, it's it's a very specific kind of style where it, it emphasizes the adventure aspects. And yes, there are things like that, the, the things that like that occur, and they're somewhat more violent. And there's more racism involving Native Americans that I won't get into. But I mean, the, where in this movie, by the way, much like the the um. What is it? The Jungle Cruise trailer where it's a magical world where a Samoan man could just be happily working as a ferry driver and nobody criticizes this fact? That's what this movie is where it's like you have a black postal worker and everyone's like, hey, it's him! We love black people! And it's like, okay, movie. That's why it's a fantasy. It's a fantasy. Were (laughs) were there
1: parts where I was like, this seems a little bit too fun and fantasy-free. Yes, because there's a part where somebody pats him on the shoulder and says, good job. Yeah. I was like, like... I was like, I don't know about this like in 1842, but maybe. <laughs>
0: but like I'm not trying to not get behind that. Like I get that it's I get what it's trying to do. You're not wrong. Like this is a movie that will, yes, easily play in TVs when people read the Call or kids read the, when classes read Call of the Wild or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um But it it's just, I, I hear what you're saying with the adventure. There's a be, there's a better version of this, I think, that could still incorporate the things that it does, but does so without having I don't know. So much extra involving the dogs and whatnot.
1: But I guess I would say that it's it's the dog story. It's Buck's story. That's why you have to have these emotions showing in their faces. And but
0: you've you've seen other dog movies, Abe. Eh? You've seen other movies that rely on a more dog. Yeah. That, that where uh, they don't need to have you know <laughs> all of this going on. Let alone the CG aspect. Did you like? Were you a fan of the visual effects for Buck, like as a character? I I
1: want to say that it was okay, and I. I understand why they had to do it though, because yeah, they've got to that. show all these like difficult situations. It's not so much about you know hurting dogs and the and you know uh, being being humane animals while filming this. It's just that they they have to like they show him going up things. and do his own things. Yeah, yeah. so be, it's very difficult to do that if you don't have um, 100% complete control over it, right? So yeah, I, I, as far as like the rendering of it looks. Some some parts work better than others. There's there's certainly some parts where I was like, I don't know how they're, I don't know what they put in front of Harrison Ford to make him act like this because Ter- Terry Notary. Is it really?
0: Yeah, it's Terry Notary. He uh, he's the this the the, the stand in for the, Terry Notary being uh, he played Kong in the latest Kong movie. He was among the people of Andy Circus for the Apes movies. For people that aren't aware, Terry Notary is a very noted, um, CG mocap actor. There you go. Okay, so
1: because I was wondering about some of the depth that they had there. And the only part that looked weird was toward the end there when somebody else, when there's like another dog wolf, like, Uh rustling up against him. And I was like, okay, (laughs) like, the shading here looks really, it definitely looked like it it needed another pass or something like that. But I I had largely no issue with it. It's mostly because I knew that it was CG from the get-go, so it really didn't bother me. It wasn't as though I was trying to discover why this looks so weird, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's that kind of thing where you just have to kind of go with it. And again, like... I was certainly trying to go with it. Like I didn't want yeah, yeah. I, didn't. I I was the one championing this. It's like, yeah, okay, that's cool. Like what why not have a completely CG character? We did we, I mean we just saw two Will Smiths. I mean so I mean, we can get one dog, right? <laughs> <laughs> two Will Smith comprised of like old Will Smith footage though, so it's very different. Well it was a CG creation of a Will Smith though. Like it was a complete that's CG true. Will Smith. Like it's the it's the same thing. Is that like it's what it is. Like, and after God. he stops killing people, he goes to college. It's I mean, like they a had, great Will Smith story. Exactly. I mean they but they had you know they have reference points just to, just like they have reference points for a dog they had reference points for younger Will smith like <laughs> they so, needed but, to have that dog through the whole progression of its life though <laughs> that's what, I, what i'm saying is this movie could have used clive owen and it could have used some other subplots uh but no right. it, the movie yeah i and like hates strong i i don't mean to like say it, like i hated this movie. Like, it doesn't just, sound like it doesn't you're not you don't sound like you hate the movie it just sounds like, you know like you i never a i of... never try to hate any movie like i i want to find the good here and i do think there's good in this i just think the the overall tone kept throwing me off compared to the movie. That I know this could be if it was just a little bit less of what it was doing with the dog expressions.
1: <laughs> so it was really just the dog expressions about him, you know,
0: giving side eye and growling at, at Harrison Ford drinking whiskey. I mean, yes, essentially. I mean, I, I do. I could take or leave because I generally like Dan Stevens too, but I could take or leave his choices <laughs> his, in this movie. Like he was directed his super that way. Choppiness. Yeah. He, you know, it's not his fault. He was directed that way to be that way. I just think it was very big. Um sure. And Ford is like Ford is fine. Like I don't think he's doing anything revelatory here, but he's still like he's give, he's putting in the effort, which is a lot given that he's so grumpy. And the idea of him being on a on a green screen with a guy in a mocap suit instead of an actual dog humors me to no end. Um, but um, getting those paychecks, buddy. But he's. You know, he's choosy. It's not he, he not he didn't have to do this movie if he didn't want to. So like, yeah. I, I imagine he, I mean, being a being a you know an outdoorsy kind of guy, being getting the chance to be in a Jack London movie that makes sense to me. Like, why yeah. wouldn't you get Harrison Ford to be in this movie? I get that.
1: Yeah. So uh, so speaking on that part, I mean, you talked about the adventure before and how it maybe it didn't feel as adventurous. I would agree. I mean, there's there's largely just two action beats in this movie. Um, one of them being a little bit more interesting, and you've seen it in the trailers, but. I think that the thing that I was kind of bummed out about was just location shots. Uh-huh. What I mean by that is you have a small town and you have a cabin in the woods kind of thing. There's only like one shot where you you see the forest and beauty and the wild for all that it is. And that's like when Harrison Ford is talking to Buck and they finally reach this point where it's just an overview. Like you see they're on a mountain ridge and you can see like the valley below. And that does look really nice, but – Beyond that, it's just kind of tight around Buck when he's running through the forest with his wolf buddies, and it's location of interior house for Harrison Ford. So
0: I'll, I'll add It didn't this. really, yeah. This movie was not shot in the Yukon. It was shot in the same way that Jungle Book was shot as far as they just, just had just like
1: literally in a studio.
0: A, yeah, they had a studio and they everything was made up of CG. It's Yeah, impressive. I figured it's, as such. It's, it's impressive to some degree cuz that is still an impressive thing like they can just make entire environments about that. Yeah, that yeah. being said, there's this video that came out this week with the the um, the filmmaking, the film like the visual design of The Mandalorian. It's really cool like what they did to Create the Star Wars worlds in that series. Like, there's some really creative stuff ILM put together to like make those worlds come to life. Because it's similarly done as far as being in a set, but it's there's some new innovations they created. I was just really impressed by it. Just to bring that up as far as a related thing. But right. <laughs> um, yeah. But in this in this thing, yeah, it's. I mean, there's a lot of aurora borealis, but they didn't go to they, 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 <laughs> they didn't go to no they, Pacific they, Northwest yeah, to find. I was it. like, they clearly <laughs> the budget here wouldn't allow for them to go
1: because I know that they probably were. Understandable or understanding that the return was going to be huge, right? So it was fine for what it is, but that sort of would add to the aspect of adventure and the spirit of adventure of just seeing more of like the Yukon and seeing more of the outdoors. But it is it's OK for for what they gave you. Um, I Essentially, it's just it's an OK movie. <laughs>
0: like that's all that I'm saying. Fair enough. And I just, yeah. I just didn't like it. Like <laughs> I, 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 wanted to. I think there's some stuff in here that's in- interesting, but I just wasn't a fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, when should people go and see this movie? I mean, you're gonna watch it in your classroom anyway, so it's, that's when you're <laughs> gonna watch it. It's a TV movie. I mean, yeah, this will be on Disney Plus eventually, and that's that's where it will be. Um, so you can make uh, it a two P
1: with Togo and uh, and. Wait, is it Togo? Bogo?
0: It's Togo. Yeah. No Togo.
1: It's not yeah. You, you buy you buy one Disney Plus subscription for free though, so it's it's both. I guess you can make it, you know, a, a three feature day with Togo, Balto, and then Call of the Wild. It'd be very redundant at that point. <laughs> yeah, especially
0: the first two. Yeah. Especially the first two since they're telling the same story. <laughs> Fine. I guess you can make it Togo, Alpha and Omega, and then Call of the Wild. Do you know how many Alpha and Omega sequels there are?
1: I have no idea. Are there, are there are there like Land Before Time sequels? Like yeah, seven in, of them? Oh yeah, it's in that realm. Oh wow, <laughs> it is. That's, it is wild. That's kind of where Jarhead is going, and I know we're, we're tangenting now, but Jarhead had like a lot of sequels that have no real relation to the first Jarhead at all, which was made by uh, who's it? Who's it directed by? Uh,
0: Sam Mendes, of course. And shot by Roger Deakins. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, one of those guys won an Oscar recently. <laughs> And it wasn't who you think it is. <laughs> um, yeah, no, there's. Uh, I'm trying to find the alpha and omega list of sequels the number, now. I, I want to say, okay, okay, let me give you a guess
1: first. Okay. Um, four. I want to say that there have been alpha and omega, and then there's been three sequels. I think you should up that. <laughs>
0: What? Let me find this. Where is this? Okay,
1: I was I thought that you were going to know a whole number already, but... I'm trying to find it still. I, okay, um, there's, there's so I want to... Uh, yeah, I'm going to say four. Do you have a number in mind before you check okay, it out? hold
0: on. Here, here we go. Oh, okay. you've already seen it now, and now you can't answer. One, two... Okay. I know the answer. Okay, what is the answer? There are seven Alpha and Omegas and one are short.
1: Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh,
2: Didn't it Ome- just come
1: out, like, in 2014? 2010. 2010, okay. It's been... Uh, 10 years. A, a
0: Howl-A-Day Adventure. The great uh, Wolf did games. you say howl it's sure. a It's Howl-A-Day Adventure. Yeah. The Great Wolf Games. The Legend of the Sawtooth Cave. Family Vacation. Mm-hmm. Dino Digs. Mm-hmm. The Big Fur-Ease. Fur-Ease. Mm-hmm. And Journey to Bear Kingdom.
1: So to be honest, you can also do this with Call of the Wild because Buck is great at <laughs> delivering mail. And so you could have Buck delivers the mail, Buck delivers the whatever, and then Buck versus the Bear. And like there's so many spin offs that you can do here. It's actually really fun watching him deliver the mail. I mean, he could almost be the next Ernest, is what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Buck plays basketball and then he teams up with Airbud. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of ideas here that we could, you know, we could have Buck do
0: things. All right. Well. <laughs> that was our review of the Call of the Wild. Let's move on now. Let's get to uh hey, what um what time, time to... for maybe a quick game here.
1: Beautiful. That was beautiful. It brought a tear to my eye just like seeing the Aurora Borealis in CG.
0: Yeah, that's that's what it should do. Um <laughs> I have a game this week. Okay? It is called Dog Day Afternoon or whenever. Um, <laughs> what is this about robbing banks I wish it was but no it's just a it's a fancy title for a game of knockout where we go back and forth trying to name movies from a particular topic until one of us runs out well that's not fair I've already named like 16 dog movies well <laughs> that means that you just can't name those 16 dog movies dang it or you can but regardless uh, we're going to do just that I have two topics and one the first one is dog movies so we'll start with that one and um basically right. we're gonna go back and forth naming dog movies until one of us can't name them anymore we'll get a three two one count um <laughs> for the other as far as uh, giving them a chance to do so but yeah we'll just kind of keep doing it until we can't do <laughs> all it all right all right ready you're, you're yeah let's go you start oh uh, right now yeah go alpha and omega <laughs> and we need full titles well i'll just say that um, Alpha colon omega? <laughs> no, that one's put. Yeah, but if you're gonna try the name the sequels, <laughs> you can't just do two. Uh, Homeward Bound: The Incredible Journey.
1: Mm, Benji,
0: my dog Skip. Um, Bolt. That's a good one. Um, Milo and Otis. That's not a real movie. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
1: the. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be out right now. The incredible lives of pets. Incredible. The surprising lives of pets. <laughs> oh I, I my know. god. <laughs> the in, I, I, I see the title in my head. Oh gosh, I don't know. I, People don't know about it. The unknowing lives of pets. Do you think that's the title of a movie? <laughs> the, the secret lives of pets. There you go. There you go. Thank <laughs> I you. I gave you a lot of chances right. there. Yeah, th- you're my lifeline. Thanks. The Secret Life of Pets 2. Uh, I think there's more to that. Nope. <laughs> nope. Um, Homeward Bound 2, still still bounding. Nope. Yeah, I don't know.
0: God, that's a great title. You don't know the title of Homeward Bound 2?
1: The, the Incredible Journey Part 2? No. Uh, I'm going to go with Lassie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving you too many chances. I'm done. Homeward Bound 2, Lost in San Francisco. That is ridiculous.
1: That is a great title, am I kidding? But that's like a Home Alone thing now. Did they meet the Wet Bandits?
0: <laughs> they should have. They met Sinbad. Uh, let's see. Another dog movie. All Dogs Go to Heaven. I don't know if there's a subtitle. All Dogs Go to Heaven too.
1: Yeah, I don't know if, this is the right. I don't know if there's a sequel. <laughs> there is a sequel. I don't, I don't think there's a subtitle though. Uh, I'm gonna go with... Oof. I mean, are you gonna count the Fox and the Hound? The Hound is a dog. Yeah, but you know there's a fox Maybe. there too.
0: So there's cats and Homeward Bound. What does it matter? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Shiloh. Um. Hmm.
1: A dog movie. With,
0: uh. With
1: dog. Yeah. No, it's uh, that one movie with um Tom Hanks. Yeah. Um. He's him, itch. and the others. The other.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm out. You're out. Turner and hooch you got it. There, there no, it no is. no no
1: I'm out,
0: I'm out all right canine is the jim Belushi version all right that was the first one okay the second one's easier harrison ford movies. human movies <laughs> human movies yeah harrison ford movies okay all right you're, you're going this time you can start okay raiders of the
1: lost ark now is it indiana jones nope it's and just raiders of the lost, of the lost ark that's what I thought too. People like okay. People Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade.
0: Witness. Indiana Jones in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. Sabrina. Hollywood Homicide.
1: Uh, with Josh Hartnett. hmm Um. Well, as beneath. I had an affair with her.
0: <laughs> Do you uh, like this I, I got you. Frantic. <laughs> <laughs> um, the
1: fugitive. I was gonna say money train, but it's the fugitive.
0: <laughs> yeah, the tra- one, the, train. yeah. The
1: VHS has him running against the subway. <laughs>
0: um, uh, Star Wars. Is there more to it? I mean, the first one's called Star Wars. Yeah, and then later gave it another title. Too, later, right? okay, yeah. Later it's A New Hope, but I'm like, calling it what it was called what it was called in 1977, I Star uh, Wars. Not, I
1: exactly, I know what you're talking about, but, you know, some of the listeners don't. I'm going to go with Return of the Jedi. Uh,
0: the Empire Star- Strikes Back. <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm. I believe they uh, are Star Wars calling these things, but it's okay. Uh, we know what they are. Uh-huh. Oh, The Secret Life of Pets Part 2.
1: <laughs>
2: <Yep>.
0: <laughs> Star Wars The Force Awakens. Oh, right. There's more Star Wars yeah, there's movies. There's more Star Wars movies. I know. It's weird, right? Um,
1: uh, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker.
0: It's um, in the middle one. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> uh, K- K19 The Widowmaker.
1: Oh, that opens up Clear and Present
0: Danger? It does, even oh. though that one I named is not a Tom Clancy movie. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But now it's just another is... its another submarine movie like that other Tom Clancy movie that doesn't have Harrison Ford in it. <laughs> Patriot Games. I think those are the only two. Yeah, that concludes the Jack, the, the Tom Ryan, or, uh, Tom, Jack, Tom. The, the Jack Ryan, Tom Clancy movies. Uh, Air Force One. Get off my plane. Mm-hmm. Um snakes. It's a different movie. Um, snakes. I don't know no snakes. Uh, <laughs> it's such a good quote. <laughs> snakes, snakes, snakes.
1: Uh, I snakes. I don't know
2: no
0: snakes. Firewall. <laughs> oh, that's right. Is that the
1: one with uh where he says, I stood on you stood on my shoulders, I'm like, and then I stood on your neck.
0: Um... No, no, that's another one. <laughs> that's another one? Shit! Yeah, no, that's the one where it's, Give me back my family! Yeah, that's the one where like, they're doing electric
1: cars. But I'm gonna name... I know this is over three seconds. I had it in my head. It's slipping. So, hold on. I do have
0: one. No, I'll count you down. It does not three seconds. I'll, I'll start counting if it gets too long. Oh,
1: hold on, hold on here. It's, um... Uh... Oh! Jackie. Hmm? 1942? 17?
0: 42? 42? Yes, it's, seven, it's 42. 1742 42. when baseball was running Rapids. No, I, said, I said 1942. <laughs> I heard a 1742 in there. <laughs> Ender's game. Oh, shit. He was good in that. He's good in both uh, of those. Yeah.
1: Uh, let's see here. Hmm. I think I might be done though. Trying to go back to... Ooh, ah, uh, what's that one movie? Um, damn it, hmm? I I don't have it, but yeah, I want to broadcast news.
0: Nope. Uh, there
1: I'm are dead. other movies like that that he's
0: in, but that's not what I he... know. I was thinking. Uh, i I think I'm out. All right. Uh, Working Girl.
1: Working me. Girl. That's the one I was
0: thinking. I know that's the same year. <laughs> It was like during the 80s
1: when, like, you know, people were
0: doing office movies. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Because that's it. That's the one with Melanie Griffith. It's a good
0: movie. Yeah, it's a really good movie. And he's really good in it. (laughs) There's a lot of great actors in that. Sigourney Weaver. Uh, Joan Joan Cusack got an Academy Award nomination for that movie. She did? I think, no, she Did she win for that? She and Sigourney Weaver got nominated. So did Melanie Griffith. I can't remember. Did Joan Cusack win for that movie? I don't know if Junkie's like won for.
1: It. I mean, that's amazing yeah. she did. It. No, she, she's she's no a... she was nominated. She didn't win. For yeah, it, she, yeah, she's like a fun. She's a fun friend character. But yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, you got an Academy Award nomination. You never know at this point. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, good job on her. I didn't know that she got one for that. But that movie yeah. is that movie has an incredible cast and it's a pretty good movie. Um, with like a solid ending. So yeah,
0: sticks the lead. Yeah, it All really right. does. Yeah. Well, I won both those rounds, and that's how we there play Dog Day Afternoon or whenever. <laughs> all right I was gonna ask nice uh, call that game thank you let's move on to uh out now feedback 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 this is where we go over the various questions and answers on our facebook page facebook.com on a podcast where we ask a number of listeners a question we ask questions to a number of listeners and they gave us uh answers and uh, we didn't get any new questions this week but uh, we got all the answers here so uh, here it's okay go.
1: there films about a human and their dog michael lee has white fang and hachiko which you know do you think Richard Gere put that dog of his butt? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Chris has I of Dogs. Damn, I should have named that one. Yep. Uh, Patricia has Old Yeller. Mary has Art of Racing in the Rain. Jeff has Baseballs. Um, Jay has Turner and Hooch. Todd has Frankenweenie and, and The Thin Man. Scott has White Dog, of course. Irene has Snoopy Come Home. No, Snoopy Come Home. And lastly, Scott writes Well, if you're going to have a dog. Have a telepathic dog at least a boy and his dog. Those are yeah. a lot of good dog movies. Yeah. Um. You know what I forgot Marley and Me. How dare I? Yep, you did.
0: You did forget that. Yep. <laughs> Owen Wilson, come on. Wow, Marley. <laughs> All right, next one. Favorite movie dog. Tyler writes Scooby-Doo. Joe has Cujo. Chris has Yep Cujo or the Sheepdog and Demons too. Alan Aguilera, friend of the show, has Brandy from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Justin has Old Yeller. Irene has Benji. Jim Dietz, friend of the show, has Shithead from The Jerk and Barf from Spaceballs. He's a mog, half human, half dog. He's his own best friend. <laughs> um, Rachel has Lady and the Tramp. Nippon has Chance from Homeward Bound. Catherine has Lassie, because she's old, she says. And Maxwell has Uggy, the dog from The Artist. Oh, yeah. The first recipient of the Palm Dog Award at can- the Can Film Festival, I believe.
1: Uh, was it Can like C A N N E D, and it, he they won a,
0: a can of dog food. No, as we all know, it's the James Can Film Festival. So he would just show, he just showed up there with a bone and said, "Here you go."
1: Yeah, classic Sunny. Um,
0: <laughs> the next
1: question is: favorite film set in Alaska or the Pacific Northwest, uh, A.K.A. the PNW? Chris has The Gray <laughs> and Thirty Days of Night. Uh Irene has Grizzly Man and Runaway Train. Richard writes The Edge and Justin writes White Fang and Balto. Well Justin, you gotta go see
0: some Togo on Disney Plus right now. Mm-hmm. With uh Dofo. Yeah, with Dofo, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Any uh, movies that remind you of
1: Alaska or the Pacific Northwest? I mean, the gray is a great answer. I, mean, well, a great 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 answer. Answer. I would say, I would add in
0: Mystery Alaska. I was about to say Mystery Alaska. So. <laughs> yes, I was. I was I was completely going to say Mystery Alaska. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> With um, Russell Crowe as the sheriff slash hockey star of the town.
1: <laughs> well, and then there's also, uh, who's the main guy? It's Russell Crowe. No, but there's, there's like another, or his buddy, who's like a, a goofy Drunkard guy, I forget. All right, okay. He was like a he was like a TV staple for like the in the 90s. I forget his name though. And see. he was in he was in Black Hawk Down. He's the guy who he he plays uh Michael Durant in Black Hawk Down. He's a helicopter pilot.
0: Black Hawk Down? Yeah. Who are you thinking of?
1: Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong movie.
0: Like how many? I mean like I know like like Jeremy Piven's one of the helicopter pilots in Black Hawk. Who's the other helicopter pilot? <laughs>
1: There's a... Maybe I'm thinking of
0: the wrong movie? Because, like, Mr. Alaska's got Russell Crowe. Oh, Ron Ron, uh, Eldard. Oh, Ron Eldard. Okay.
1: Yeah. Alright. There you go. It's
0: been a minute since I've seen him. Yeah, me too. Yeah, like, Burt Reynolds is in there. Hank Azaria. There's a lot of... Yeah, there's a lot of big people in this movie. That's when Mike Myers was huge, so the fact that he had, like, a minute cameo meant that he was in, like, all the trailers for the movie.
1: Yeah. Kevin Durant is in this movie. Scott
0: Grimes. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You say Scott Grannis? Adam everyone Beach knows. in this movie? Well, yeah. You got you, if you have a Native American, Adam Beach is probably around somewhere. Yeah, I mean he
1: he he's gonna get an honorary Oscar
0: in like ten years, right? Like West Duty, yeah.
1: Like West Duty. Like West Duty. They should have given those guys a chance to go go up and speak. And
0: I don't something. like that they don't do that anymore. That's really. I mean, they do it at a separate ceremony. Like, do they do it at a ceremony? They do it at a separate ceremony. Yes. Yeah, but still, I mean, these. No, are it's better to yeah, it's games. better to see it on the night. If you got an honorary Oscar, it's like, yeah, that's I should be a part of or the at Oscars.
1: Least, like, <laughs> at least you should have let them
0: stand up and be
1: applauded too. You well, know they're in I mean?
0: like they're in the crowd, so they just put the camera on them. They're like, look, we well, were all together. We... It was Sigourney
1: Weaver and was this Sigourney Weaver? Gina Davis. It was Gina Davis. Was Gina Davis, Davis West Judy. Judy,
0: and I believe like a famous cinematographer or something like that. Yeah, and they were sitting together.
1: I don't know. Anyway,
0: yeah. Anyway, next question: What's a film where you never imagined there'd be a sequel, but there was? is in reference to the other release of the week, Brahms, colon, The Boy 2. <laughs> Humorously titled the same way as the as the Rambo sequels, Rambo, colon, First Blood, Part 2. Ben has Dumb and Dumber Springs to Mind. Ben Conowitz, friend of the show. Jeff writes Mamma Mia, Why, My Big cra- my big Fat Greek Wedding, Delightful Surprise, Friday, Still Waiting on Last Friday, Rush Hour, Before the Days Where Every Hit Got a Sequel, and Matrix, I mean, Keanu. So you had opinions about all those. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin has, uh, Fast and the Furious. These are movies that they didn't expect sequels to come from them.
1: <laughs> right. Not that the sequels are good or bad, it's just
0: more yeah, like just, you were expecting the, a They the, the, the surprise that there was a sequel.
1: Yeah.
0: Irene has Breakin', Dirty Dancing, Chinatown, and The Shining. Luke Thompson, front of the show, has The Ewok Adventure.
2: <laughs>
0: Chris writes Dunny Darko and Blues Brothers didn't need sequels. 2001, but the sequel is quite good. He's not wrong.
2: Hmm
0: uh emma has everything after terminator 2 judgment day was superfluous <laughs> <laughs> but there are sequels including the one you named <laughs> and uh william babini possible future guest of the show it's a wonderful life oh hey william yeah uh films you... oh i had a, i had answers for this question that i did not want to forget um yeah. one was indiana jones i for the the for crystal skull I, for years, was saying, they're not going to make a fourth Indiana Jones movie, and then they eventually made an Indiana Jones movie, and every, the world got better, and there was peace everywhere else. Yeah. That's what happened.
1: And also, you can also survive a nuclear explosion if you go inside a lead-lined uh, refrigerator.
0: See, to me, that's a highlight of that movie. That's a that's a part <laughs> I champion as being one of the best things about it.
1: Happens uh, in the first ten minutes of the movie, so I guess you're out after that.
0: <laughs> I mean, I also want to movie... say, it's it's actually William Bibbiani.
1: What did I say? I think you forgot an, an I in the middle. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that.
1: Cuz I know that he'll be listening. And I know that he'll be he'll he'll say it on on his YouTube show as well. <laughs>
0: right. Um the other one was Bad Boys 3. I was convinced that there were never like specifically with Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. I was convinced they were never going to come back and do a Bad Boys 3. There was just way too much talk for Fifteen years. Yeah, it's it's like, it had been
1: in the rumblings for a long time.
0: Yeah, and I was just like, when it, like they're not going to do that, and then they did do it, and it's surprisingly pretty good, and it's made almost two hundred million dollars here alone, which is impressive. So,
1: <laughs> what you gonna do?
0: Exactly. Why that was born? <laughs> that's that's why. It's like... Yeah,
1: we we talked about some of the other ones before already, you know, including Alpha and Omega having, I guess, now seven sequels and and a holiday spinoff. Yeah, but, um, yeah those are
0: like direct to DVD shit. Like, it's not like. You know, it's like, yeah, why, why wouldn't they? Oh, you're talking just only in theatrical release. No, I'm, I'm talking like what movie you're looking at thinking they're never going to make a sequel to this, and then they did.
1: Yeah, Jarhead is another one that we talked about. <laughs> I was like, why would you need to make a sequel to this? It's a complete story as it is, and I guess people were like, wait, where, how come the Marines aren't fighting? It's like, that's really not what the movie or the book is about, but I guess it's now you have
0: like jar- the The red hot IP that is Jarhead is the way we can sell this. You know, military film. It's like you can't just make one like and not <laughs> not not involve the the term jarhead. Like it's right. like that movie wasn't a big hit for one thing. It's like yeah, but people are gonna it, be like yeah, it really wasn't a big hit, and it was it says more jarhead in the title. So now yeah. I have to see it. It's
1: just so. It was confusing. much more con- and I guess that they were seeing Jamie Foxx with his shirt off shooting a gun. They're like, we need to see this movie, and then they're really disappointed. It was almost like you know, it definitely wasn't what they were going for. But yeah, I I. I there's a lot of movies that I think don't think we're, we're gonna get sequels that I did. Are we talking about third series, third in a series too?
0: I mean, whatever works that you think. Well
1: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Sea of the Ooze. I was like, this is done, and then there was a there was the third one. <laughs> so anyway. All right. All right. The next question: Caption this insane photo, and it was a, a boy and a man in a pig mask. Uh, Christopher has seed. this little piggy did go to the market. Justin has, so Abe, walrus moose, huh? Uh, (laughs) George has, uh, Professor Pig teaches young Bruce Wayne the finer points of (laughs) dinner etiquette. Todd has, first look at Babe 3. (laughs) Uh, Jason Ritter writes, you had it coming. Uh, Friend of the show, Maxwell has, send a dinner at my place. And lastly, Mark has, act for Christopher Convery, remembering happier, better roles.
0: I'm assuming that's because that's the actor, and he saw the boy too, and was not satisfied by it. Uh, should do the cast more often. That that that's a fun one to do. We should do the cast <laughs> more often. There's plenty of stupid photos that I find for movies that we do every week. Uh, next question we have here: favorite Jane Austen film adaptation? Scott writes they made another one. They made another one other than this, and he has a poster of Pride and Prejudice and zombies. Hmm. Uh, Todd, leaving Out front of the show. He has Clueless. Uh, Chris has 2005's Pride and Prejudice but also love Pride and Prejudice and Zombies Maxwell Haddad has uh, 2005's Pride and Prejudice also Clueless is great and Rachel Mm -hmm. Wright's 1995's Pride and Prejudice with Colin Firth will always be my favorite but I love most versions including Clueless Love and Friendship is a gem as well which I believe Maxwell agreed with that's the uh, Walt Stillman film I believe with um, Beckinsale and Chloe 70, which is uh, pretty good Mm.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean everything that he has named is is absolutely right. I mean the Pride and Prejudice stuff. People really like all those adaptations. It's There's a lot strong. of them. Yeah, yeah, and they they're seemingly
0: all well uh, well regarded. So. And I haven't seen the I haven't seen the 2000. But that's the Joe Wright film, and we're big fan. We like Joe Wright on this podcast. So like, I've heard <laughs> that that wasn't bad either. <laughs> I mean, like, I believe Knightley was Knightley was up for an Oscar for that movie. So is that true?
1: Well, oh, good, good job. So. Yeah. But, uh, Joe Wright, I always I always put people in the Oscar race. Yeah,
0: he seems to he had have a knack for getting Saoirse people. Saoirse Ronan. There. Yeah, Kira Knightley. Gary Oldman? <laughs> who won? That's right. Who won? Yeah. 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 For Darkest Hour,
1: brought back uh brought back uh who's who's the Japanese makeup artist guy?
0: Oh, yeah, Kazu. Yeah, who won who two just, Oscars won back to back? Another Oscar. Yeah. yeah. For, for a bad movie. <laughs> but uh, or, yeah. Uh, all right. It happened. That, that was enough feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Let's start wrapping things up here. Let's do a little Out Now presents What's Out Now. These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray, DVD, streaming, and all that this week. Got a few things here. First up on 4K, Blu-ray, and all that. We have Knives Out. Yeah, see it. And if you can watch it again with the director commentary by Ryan Johnson available online, you should do that. And he's got another commentary on the Blu-ray. A new one, what? too. There's two commentary tracks for Knives Out for this week. That's very fun. The one that's online is also on the Blu-ray as well. So Okay, got it.
1: Uh, Frozen Two, surprisingly not very good, not interesting, yeah.
0: not 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 great. No. Yeah, I let it go. <laughs> um, Color Out of Space, I was a big fan of this one. Um, it's, mm. this, is, this is the Nick Cage movie that's uh, adapted from a um, uh, oh. Craft novel.
1: Okay, so like a, another weird like bonkers movie like Mandy type movie, right? Yeah,
0: not quite as yeah. bonkers as Mandy, but still like it's quite. good. I mean. It's not been very far in the year so far, so it's probably my, one of my favorite movies of the year right now. But I mean, it's early. <laughs> but as far as like, what do I, what do I really like that came out this year? That's the, that's, that's... it. <laughs> that's the, that's the one that I really like. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. A movie called Synonyms that hit last year got a lot of acclaim. I didn't see it, but it's out this okay. week on uh, on Blu-ray. I've heard of that one. Um, some specialty stuff here. Hot Dog the Movie is out this week from Synapse. 80s comedy. Okay. <laughs> on uh, Criterion. We have two movies. We have Paris is Burning, very famous one from the 80s. I believe Peter Paris friend of the show is a big fan of that film. And also um, I got this set to review, Three Fantastic Journeys by Carol Zeman. This is a Czechoslovakian filmmaker who made um, very fantastical films in the 60s and they've influ- you can see clear influence on like Terry Gilliam and Wes Anderson among others. Uh-huh. I watched one of them this week uh, about the which uh, uh, Gilliam went on to kind of remake to his own way called uh, Baron Munchausen. Uh, I was going to say like like weird wacky movies like The Adventures of Baron von, Moon- von yeah. Munchausen. Yeah. Yeah. This movie you can you can definitely see the influence here. It's a kind yeah. of a blend of live action and animation and it came it came from the 60s. It's one of the most visually arresting films I've ever seen. Like it's so wait, wait, wait. you've never seen Baron Moon? No, I've never seen this this Chekos Carol Zeman's oh, okay, okay. Chekos gotcha, filmmakers gotcha. Baron yeah, Munchausen. Yeah. It's, gotcha. it's, it's amazing. Like, I don't, I don't know how they made this work And like, it's so interesting and intricate in how it's designed. It made me think it's like designed to be like a silent film, like a, like an old, like a George, like a George Bray's silent film, like way from way back or like mm-hmm. every scene is like different color palettes. And there's a mixture of like, uh, of uh, backgrounds and drawings and all kinds of stuff all blended together. It, and on this new Blu-ray, it looks remarkable. Like, it's insane how this. I, like, I don't know how some of this came together. Like, that's how complicated it seems. Yet yeah, it's probably fairly straightforward, but it's really neat. Like, and this set is really cool. Like, I've seen two of the three films so far in this set, and I'm very okay. impressed by it. Cool. Um, on Scream Factory, Pet Cemetery 2. Oh, we should have named that in one of the sequel questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and on Warner Brother Archive, we have Victory. I like to name this film because it stars. This is this set of stars is pretty famous. It's a John Huston movie, and it stars okay. Michael Caine, Sylvester Stallone, and Pele. What an
1: odd pairing! They or play, what an odd
0: group! They play POWs. that are trying to escape a war camp, but they but they're also like on the like prison soccer team. <laughs> I was gonna be like that. That's just that's
1: not the. The plot that I thought was gonna happen, because <laughs> yeah, uh, when you named Michael Caine, Sylvester Stallone, and Pele, and Pele I was like, oh, it's probably like a prison escape type movie, like where there are POWs, and then you mentioned POW playing soccer, and I was like, I soccer. guess that's why Pele is okay. there. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: why Pele is there. Um, I don't. I, it's not a, as I recall. I haven't seen it forever, ever, but it's not a good movie. But it's the idea. That it that doesn't, doesn't sound like either. it's a good movie. It came out in the '80s. It's after. It's before Rambo, but after Rocky II. Um and uh, so yeah, he was just really hitting his stride then. That's a one way for, to put it for Stallone. Yeah. 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 And uh, speaking of Tom Clancy, on uh, 4K this week, Hunt for Red October gets a 4K okay. release now. Uh, new to Netflix. That's with Alec Baldwin, right? That's with Alec Baldwin. Yeah, Alec Baldwin character. is playing. Yes. Yeah. And very good. I really like that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of red. Television. Yeah, a lot of... It's got some really cool stuff in it as far as the visuals. Like, there's a shot of Alec Baldwin when he's, like, in, like, the nuclear reactor of the sub. It looks really cool. I imagine it probably looks really Mm -hmm. cool in 4K. Um, New to Netflix this week. The Last Thing He Wanted. This is the new film from D. Reese, who uh, made Mudbound a few years ago, which was very good. Uh, It stars Anne Hathaway and Ben Affleck and Willem Dafoe and Rosie Perez. I've watched half of this movie so far. It this got, is the movie that
1: friend of the show um, Alex Billington was talking about during during uh, the uh, festival.
0: Yeah, the Sundance. Yeah, he was talking about how he did not like it, which was an opinion shared by pretty much everybody that saw it at the Sundance Film Festival. Right. And so far, I agree, it's not very good. Mm-hmm. I don't <laughs> I don't know why this film exists is the best way I can put it, which I don't generally say, but it's like it's trying to do a lot of things, yet it's not doing enough. It's like, so Anne Hathaway plays a reporter. I believe it's based on a true story. Anne Hathaway plays a reporter in the 80s trying to report on the Contras and all the stuff going on with like Nicaragua and what have you. And her father, played by Willem Dafoe, gets sick. So she's balancing doing that work, doing her regular journalism job, which is tracking the Reagan election in 84 and dealing with her father. And it's like it's got a lot of wheels turning right now. Again, I'm halfway into this movie, but so far I'm just like, this is too much. (laughs) This This is a lot. I don't know. Not not, not digging it. I, 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 can, I can see why it did not get the greatest of receptions, but uh, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Uh, on Prime this week, however, is Hunters. This is the new show starring Al Pacino, Logan Lerman, among others. It's set in the 70s. It's about a group of, I guess vigilantes is the best way to put it, but people that have come together, some of them being Jewish, that are going after Nazis that are hidden in America. Mm-hmm. al pacino is the leader of this group logan lerman is the newest recruit uh i am five episodes into this i believe right now wow That's you're okay. deep into it yeah it, it's really good like okay it's it's very stylized it has a heavy like tarantino tilt towards it as far as with how like this kind of grindhouse energy to it but at the same time it really treats the like because it does a lot of flashbacks to the holocaust it treats that stuff with like heavy respect so it's a weird blend of like not like zany, but like like stylized dark humor with like the impact of what the Holocaust did to people. It's interesting. It's both very intense but very entertaining at the same time. It's a yeah. rough watch. Like it has some grisly stuff going on as far as the murdering and what have you goes, but it's it's quite like entertaining in that sort of way. Um, you know, it's. It, and uh, Al Pacino is ve- he's in it more than I expected him to be. I thought he'd just be like the and Al Pacino. He just kind of shows up every now and then. He's in it a lot, and he's very good, putting on this kind of very New York Jew accent, and I'm into it. Like I think he's doing some great yeah. work here. Logan Lerman, who I tend to be hit or miss with, I know a lot of people like him as a young actor. He just he's doing a good job. He's doing a good job of grounding this series because I do think it can it 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 could easily go way off bo- into like the kind of stylish like there's a lot of like. Not just like the look of the film, but there's a lot of like intercuts of like we're introducing characters. So we have like weird vignettes that call to mind something like Kill Bill and how they introduce characters in that film, like things like that going on. So it really plays into the kind of the like 70s vibe that it's going for. But it I think it's grounded just enough because you have a central character who does a good job of relating to the audience what's taking place so i yeah it's a it's a it's good it's yeah and watching the trailer for it i i definitely got a whimsy
1: type feel like not like ultra fun and fancy free but more just like oh it sounds like they're gonna have some sarcasm sarcasm i don't know why i put the wrong emphasis on the reward some sarcasm here but it's gonna be dark because there's a part in the trailer where they're interrogating a woman they they have her handcuffed and Mm. they they want her to reveal that she's an actual nazi but the whole entire concept of it, and we were talking about this since like X Men Days of Future Past, or I'm sorry, X Men um, First Class, is just like, yeah, have Magneto go through and and have have a Magneto Nazi hunter kind of thing, and this certainly seems as though it's it's going in that direction. But it's on yeah. Amazon Prime,
0: like we said, and it's available. Yeah. All of them are available right now. Yeah, he's like, yeah, it's going, it all, it all launched like at the same time. Okay. Um, it's not. It's not a week by week. Actually, speaking of that, uh, on Disney Plus this week is the return of Star Wars Clone Wars, the animated series, which has its uh, final season out now. It's that is going week by week as opposed to all at once. If you're a fan. Now,
1: of that how series. many how many animated series is, is, are there in the Star Wars universe?
0: <laughs> there are three, and they're three. all. Okay. They're all like mastered by Dave Filoni, a big guy in the Star Wars world, right? He's like a. Speaking of young ingenues, he's George is ingenue as far as um, Star Wars is concerned. Whenever
1: whenever you say ingenue, all I think about it is like a uh, a beef sandwich with French <laughs> au jus sauce. Hmm.
0: Well, yeah, there was uh, there was Star Wars Clone Wars that was on Cartoon Network before Disney bought Star Wars, and okay? Then they, that show got canceled, and then they made Star Wars Rebels, which okay. was set which was set between um uh the jesus a new hope the uh, the the prequels in a new hope yeah okay yeah in that area and then star wars resistance was the latest one which just ended it only had two seasons and that was set between uh force awakens and return of the jedi so interesting but since star wars clone wars got canceled they made a final season now that's going to completely wrap up the arcs of certain characters that were taking place and it's going to kind of correspond with Revenge of the Sith, which I'm very excited about, because I do mm. like... The, it was my favorite of these animated shows that they put on TV, and uh, so yeah, I'm, I, I'm so far so good, because I watched the first episode, it's quite good. All right. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, all of that's out of the way. That's what's uh, coming out. Now, uh, next week's show, next week we have The Invisible Man, the uh, latest from uh, director Lee Wannell, previously directed uh, Upgrade a few years back, and of course is famously from that partnership with him and James Wan when they made the Saw films and what have you. Um, I'm looking forward to this. I've heard a lot of great things about The Invisible Man. So, uh, Same. Yeah, so we'll uh, see how that shakes out. And the uh, last we can do here, what should people go and see now and what do you plan to see next? Hey, what should people see in theaters right now?
1: I want to say that you should go and, and check out Sonic the Hedgehog just to see it, I guess. I would also tell you to go check out Call of the Wild. Uh, next I'm going to check out um, The
0: Invisible Man. Uh, yeah, uh, Parasite... Still, in, it's still in, in more theaters Re- than ever right now. release yeah. Yeah, it even got it, it got some IMAX screens this weekend. And, oh wow. Um, yeah, and it, it's and that twenty seven dollars per ticket. That's right, and it's very good. So if you haven't seen Parasite, um, you, you should you should do that because it's mm-hmm. it's just really enjoyable. Like I don't think we emphasize the edit. like it's not just like it's good. It's like it's a really enjoy like it's a fun movie to watch in theaters. <laughs> so yeah, and if you can find Emma, I know it's only like five theaters, but it'll expand over weeks. It's quite good too. So see so yeah. Emma. And yeah, the invisible man is next for me as well. Uh, so yeah, that's going to do it for this week's episode about now, Theron and Abe. You can buy more of my work, my personal blog, Everything I do ends up over there. I'm writing film reviews over at We Live Entertainment. I'm writing a number of criterion reviews over at wiseablue.com. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's 4 Abe? You can find more fun stuff over my Instagram,
1: Abe.Mua, and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag the mail is finally on
0: time. You can find all the other episodes about now, with our name on iTunes, Audio Boom, Spotify, and Stitcher. HHWLED, SoundCloud, or Automatic. Feel free to email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com.
1: Right on our Facebook wall, facebookcom outnowpodcast, or
0: underscore outnowpodcast. And of course, our Instagram page, underscore outnowpodcast. Again, leave us an iTunes review, that'd be great. And also, if you want to uh, contribute to our uh, best of the decade episode, uh, feel free to start thinking about that now. We'll be taking, you know, if you want to hit us on the email with uh, your picks for that or on our Facebook wall or something, you know, go for it. We'll uh, certainly try to log it down so we can uh, make reference to it on said show. Mm -hmm. Uh, But with all that said, uh, yeah, that's going to do it. So until next time, so long. And listen to the Call of the Wild.
1: Sleeping for two days
0: on my bed. I'm uh, doing, a lot of I'm weird. Doing, I'm doing dog. the side eye with the dog, which is not in the movie. On An <laughs> and like I were disappointed. It's completely
1: a different scene altogether.
0: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Come on, Buck.
2: <laughs>
0: You're a
1: good dog, Buck. All right, I think that's enough of that.
2: <clears throat>